You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to a more happy edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. And in the words of Alex Tuck, Woo! Or, what is that, Ric Flair? No, uh, I'll do a better Alex Tuck one. Love it. I absolutely love it. Little post-game routine after a big W. And uh, Sabres run away with this one pretty early. Uh, taking a 3 to nothing lead, I think, like the first five minutes of the first period. Uh, they never looked back, never gave up the lead. Uh, winning 7-2 to two tonight. Uh, Five-point game, two goals and three assists from Jeff Skinner. Four-point night for Alex Tuck, a goal and three assists. Darlene looked great. Samuelson looked very comfortable in his first game back from injury. Um, Yoki Haru gets on the board with a nice feed from Alex Tuck as he curled around the backside. And I, mean, I think everything uh, went right tonight for Buffalo. And, you know, the puck the puck luck was there. You, they were going to the net. They were being aggressive on both in front of both nets. And maybe that is a Samuelson effect, you know, especially in the defensive zone. Um, I would say, you know, Tyson Yost uh, looked good out there uh you know he definitely served his purpose first shift as a buffalo saber gets into a fight um you know and you know the mo on him is he's a great defensive forward uh and i have to agree defensively he looked really good out there on the penalty kill he looked really good out there um and the thing i like about that deal even though like it's not like a big needle mover but it creates more internal competition because you see guys come out of the lineup like peyton krebs who haven't been performing very well and uh, now they're going to have to fight to get themselves back in the lineup. And, you know, competition is the one thing that will tell you the most about a player. And if they cave under, you know, when faced with adversity and competition, then they're not cut out for the NHL. So I think Peyton Krebs is the type of guy that will, you know, thrive when faced with a challenge or faced with adversity. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he performs well enough in practice and the next opportunity that presents himself, he sees himself back in the lineup. And they really needed this. Uh, you couldn't, you know, stare nine games in a row in the face and have that happen. Get, you know, get that first win in what f- feels like two to three weeks. Um, and now you head into 90s night, a second chance redemption uh, for the Buffalo Sabres after they flubbed it two years ago uh, when they came out with the knockoff jerseys, misspelled jerseys, the whole nine yards, the whole shebang. Um, and, uh, you know, during a season under Ralph Kruger, which we'd all love to forget. But uh, you need I get to get that win heading in tomorrow night back at home, a game where many of us will be in attendance to honor the goat head back there. 
Uh, you know, guys like Alex Tuck, who grew up loving this hockey team, uh, lived next door to Tim Conley, you know, play street hockey, wearing the jersey uh, with Tim Conley, probably. Um, you know, to have an opportunity, like, to don that jersey. I even tweeted it out uh, earlier. I was like, if it's okay with Kyle Ocposo, who isn't playing right now, let Tuck wear the C for one night. Just one night, and I don't think any guy on this team will really take that offensively. Uh, I think that would mean the world to a guy like Alex Tuck to, you know, be able to don that jersey and wearing that letter. I think, you know, that would mean the world to him. And why not? You know, again, if this locker room is mature enough and the leadership, you know, group is strong enough, who's going to care? You know, it's it, you're not making a final decision on who the new captain is post Kyle Poso. You're just giving it to a guy who, you know, tomorrow night would mean the world to him. But that's, you know... I'm not going to die, you know, jump down that rabbit hole. But regardless, 7 2 Sabres win tonight. First win in the last eight games. Uh, it's, or last nine, sorry. Um, a lot to talk about, a lot to jump into here. Uh, Buffalo played a very, very aggressive style of hockey tonight. They didn't allow Montreal to have much time with the puck. They pressured the D. They, uh, they played very aggressively in front of both nuts. They weren't puck watching. That's the biggest thing defensively is you didn't see a ton of puck watching this time around where guys are staring down at the puck instead of taking their man in front, tying up sticks. Cause that will, that's one of the things that was absolutely killing them. Uh, you know, in, in those eight games defensively, it's just, you were a train wreck. You were everything you were taught in peewee hockey. You were just completely disregarding it and just falling into so many bad habits. I saw a tweet earlier about, you know, the biggest difference between the previous eight games and tonight is puck luck and av- they got average goals tonight. I don't think goals had anything to do with that eight-game losing streak at all. I mean, sure, you probably wanted a, 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 a save here or there, maybe one in a couple of those games, but this team was a train wreck defensively. Getting back Matthias Samuelson uh, in this lineup, it did make a world of difference, but the thing that scares me the most with that is that losing that guy is that much of a difference. Like I think you need to add some depth on your blue line so that when you do lose that guy, God forbid it happens again, or it's Darlene or Owen power next that you don't, you know, turn into a train wreck on the blue line that you can survive one or two weeks without that guy, because these guys aren't, it's an 82 game season. It's a physical season. It's an exhausting season. You, you, you can't allow, the loss of one guy to determine the outcome of your year. It just, you can't, you remember what happened with Jack Eichel, you know, I hate saying his name on this show, but when Jack Eichel had that ankle injury before the season even started, how much it affected that season. And, you know, it sucks. It really does. So, you know, you can't, you have to add some depth there, in my opinion, to allow yourself uh to be able to, you know, have injuries like that and still be successful to an extent. So, uh, you know, we're going to jump right in here. Um, I am going to be joined by my two goalies, one my co-host here at some point, Johnny Cullen, making his infamous return. Um, he would have been on here with me to start, but uh, let me check my phone here to see if he's gotten back to me. Uh, he had a call from a goalie dad uh, that he had to take uh, not too long ago. So, uh, the second he's off the phone with that, um, that hockey dad, uh, he'll be right on here with us. So with that being said, seven to two win for the Buffalo Sabres. As I stated before, five point night from Jeff Skinner, easily by and far his best game performance of the season. Uh, Tage Thompson, um, 
just want to touch on him real quick. As an impressive a season as Rasmus Dahlin is having, I mean, I, you know, we saw a lot, you know, on Twitter and social media over the uh, the past couple hours. He's on pace for you know close to forty goals and uh, over a hundred points. Will that happen? I mean, maybe. Who knows? I, I mean, it's again, it's always hard to sustain like paces like that. Like two weeks ago. Connor McDavid was on pace for 170 points and now he's on pace for like 130. Like it's very much like, like likely to fluctuate, but you know, you're going to go into cold spats like Sabres went on an eight game losing streak. Who's to say maybe Darlene doesn't, you know, go on like a three or four game pointless streak, you know, here and there. It, it, it could happen even to the best players in the NHL. Like it, it's going to happen. Um, but with as good of a season as Rasmus Dahlin is, how impressive and important to this team that he is, at, or, I'm sorry, uh, Tage Thompson has been the best player in the NHL, I would say, over the past two weeks. And I don't even think it's negotiable. And that's, and you know, you know, that's not me being biased. You just watch him out here, a player of his size, and you add the skill set to it. Two years ago, we were all dogging him, myself included, for the constant toe drags through traffic, you know, just that one extra move, like not, you know, not picking his head up, not using his size to his advantage. Uh, after seeing last season and how that went um, for him, the, the career year that he had, and then Kevin Adams uh, signing him to that, that big extension, um, you know, I wasn't worried at all because the one thing with Tage Thompson that, you know, he discovered last season, it wasn't even just that move to the center ice position. It was the fact that you had a guy who's six foot seven finally realize he's six foot seven. And when I say that two years ago, this guy did not have any physicality to him. You know, he played like he was the size of Nathan Gerby. Um, and, and it just, it was infuriating to watch sometimes because this guy could literally just lower his shoulder and have his way with most players in this league. Uh, his hands are incredible. We've seen it even before this this thirty eight goal campaign last year. We've we've been we've seen it with him. Um, it's just when he finally discovered how big he is and how unbelievable of a shot he has, and he put that all together last season under Don Granado. That's why when he signed that deal, I'm like, I am telling you right now that contract is going to be a steal. It is going to be a steal, and we are going to be comparing it to Nathan McKinnon. I guarantee you a year from now, we're going to be looking at Tage Thompson's deal and be like, that is as close to as much bang for your buck as the Nathan McKinnon contract was as you're going to get, if not better. I and mean, it all depends on how much success they have in the postseason, if they win a cup. Like, you know, it's really going to depend on that kind of stuff. But with that being said – He's just been unstoppable. Like these these fancy moves you're seeing him make through traffic, like th through multiple uh, multiple opponents. Like he's doing this on a nightly basis, and it's remarkable. Like I go up and down my Twitter feed, and every other hockey announcer is tweeting about Tage Thompson. It's unbelievable, man. It, honest to God, like the Hart Trophy isn't always about who ends up with the most points in the league. It really isn't. It's about who is the most valuable player to their team. And right now, both Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin, especially if – I'm not going to count my eggs before they hatch. If this team finds a way to make it to the playoffs, if they can inch their way in, 
How can you not talk about them as being the MVP Hart Trophy candidates? For sure, Darlene with the Norris. Because, and again, I'm not going to count my eggs before they hatch. I'm not going to put the hat wagons in front of the horse. But, I mean, look at how well they're playing. And it, when they're playing at this level, their team is winning. And that's how important they are to this team. And that's nothing against guys like Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or whoever you want to talk about in the in the conversation with the Hart Trophy. But these guys are playing at that level right now. They just are. Like, we, again, I'll, I hate to bring up his name again, but that, that year we had with Jack Eichel a couple of years ago where literally for two months he was the best player in the NHL. There was no, there was no doubting it. That's the type of talent you're seeing right now with both Darlene and Tage Thompson. And it's exciting hockey to watch. Like Even when he was losing, these guys are just performing out of their minds, doing everything they can to win. And, you know, adding four more points uh, to that to that streak that he's on right now. And then Skinner getting night now with that five point, he's at 19 points in 19 games. Remember when he was buried on the fourth line under Ralph Kruger? It's just unbelievable, man. Just a, such a fun hockey game to watch. And we got some comments already here in the peanut gallery. Uh, Paramount pictures. I said it. I said it on Twitter before, and I'll say it again. Montreal screwed Montreal. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Miracles. Just imagine playing physical, playing with grit and not backing down from intimidation from opponents light at end of tunnel. I'm shocked. I love to hear the optimism. It's like night and day with you, Mauricio. It's, it's fantastic. I just love it. Uh, the other night you were just all doom and gloom and now you're like, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's great. Chris Dirk, what a game tonight. Very aggressive going to the net, finally playing the way they should play. Awesome watching Joe skin to fight. See you all at 90s night. We'll see you there, but I'll be there. Uh, if the script goes according, accordingly, middle stat will become the most popular player on the team. Maybe not necessarily best, but the most entertainment people's champ fully has got the phenom. <laughs> oh, I love a good wrestling, wrestling analogy. Uh, pressuring the puck, taking your man in defensive zone, plus puck luck, more defensive awareness, for checking, driving to the net rebounds and screens. Playing with confidence and assertive. Yeah, I, like I said, that like leading into le- leading into this, it's like everything is finally clicking. Like it wasn't goaltending that was hurting you. It really wasn't, and it wasn't you know not even just puck luck. It's just doing all of those things that you just said, Mauricio, and putting them in sixty minutes, driving to the net, protecting your own net front, forechecking, being physical. All of those things matter. It's in in, in 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 when you look at it through a lens, you know, through the analytic side of things. Yeah, all that information is fine and dandy, but when you're not doing the other things outside of the charts and outside of the graphs correctly enough, all that information really doesn't matter. You could have a great expected goals for of over fifty percent. That's fine and dandy, but if you're playing soft every single shift, if you're getting beat the pucks. And you, you know you're not playing aggressive in front of both nets, especially in the offensive zone. Like you're not going to win hockey games. It's not going to end up in a good result for you. So yeah, hundred percent, man. Just they won a ton of board battles. They were winning the neutral zone. Uh, you know the one goal I believe it was Skinner fed the puck out to uh, to Tuck. Uh, yeah, Skinner Skinner battled in the in the, in the corner and then found Tuck. Uh, you know. At the top of the circle, Tuck walked in, shot, and scored. Like that, those are the things that you don't find on a chart sometimes. Just winning that battle in a corner, coming out with the puck, and finding the open man. 
and then it's an, it was an easy goal for him. And Jake Allen, that goal by Skinner to get that for his fifth point, how great was that to see him flip out and just smash his stick? And then Skinner just, like, chirping. It was fantastic, man. Um, I loved every second of it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to pull up some highlights here in a second, and we're going to go over uh, the box score. But just what a fun night to watch from home. Uh, would have been great if they were playing Montreal at home here in Buffalo. So you you know, you you sing their stupid soccer song to the Montreal fan in attendance. I always I always hate it when they come here. They say ole 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 ole. Shut up. Stick it up your hope. Um, would have loved for this to have been a home game tonight, just so we can send them home crying. Uh, but again, just a fun game to watch. Anderson comes up big a few times. And uh, again, when you're playing that well, you know, both offensively and defensively, yeah, you can win with the average goaltending 100%. Um, you know, you don't need your goalie to be Dominic Hasek back there every night. And Anderson played more than good enough to win a night, made some very timely saves um, and helps Buffalo get to eight and 11. Um, unfortunately, uh, still got to win three more to get back to 500. Um Hopefully uh, that happens over the next three games because uh, I would like those vibes that we had back in the start of the season. So quick over the box score, Jeff Skinner leading the way with two goals and three assists uh, and five shots on goal. Tage Thompson, a goal and three assists for four points. He had eight shots on goal tonight. Donnelly with a goal and two helpers for three points and two shots on goal. Alex Tuck, a goal, two assists, three points, Three shots on goal. Dylan Cousins with a nice, with a nice, nice with two apples. Uh, Vinny Henestroso with an assist. Henry Yokihari with a goal. JJ Paterka with a view with a, with a goal. I wish I'd like take a quick look at his uh, rookie campaign and see how he's uh, shaking out, uh, shaking out right now. Because I believe, like, how many goals are now is that for him? I don't know if that is counting tonight, but if that is counting tonight, he's got four goals and nine assists on the season so far in 21 games. Nice start to his career, uh, for sure. I love JJ in his game. He's gonna be a, like, I, you know, he's a type of guy that I hope stays around Buffalo for a long time because he is such a solid 200 foot hockey player. There's absolutely no denying it at all. Uh, to finish it, fi finish things up here at the box score, uh, Jack Quinn with an assist. And that was just about it. Um, let me see here. Da, 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 da. And Craig Anderson with 29 saves on 31 shots. He improves his record. Um, let's see how many wins he has on the season now. Let's take a quick gander at that. Because I believe uh, if, if NHL.com hasn't been updated yet, which I don't think it has been, uh, that'll put him at four and three on the season. And that would be his 312th win of the season, putting him at 312 and 267 for his career. Um, and I, I like Andy's just been just a really calming presence in the back of the net for Buffalo, right? Like he, you know, he, for the most part, he always makes the saves he's supposed to make. He'll bail you out with a save here and there. And I'm not sure. I haven't read too much up on the Comrie injury and, you know, how serious that is. But, um, you know, who knows how long we'll see UPL up here in Buffalo. But if if he is up here for an extended future, I couldn't think of a better goaltender uh, to have mentoring him 
on a game-to-game basis and in practice than Craig Anderson, right? They're both bigger goaltenders. Um, I think UPL is more of a, uh, you know, athletic, uh, you know, butterfly goaltender or Andy is more of like a hybrid style. Like he does, he does play the butterfly, but he's not afraid to stand up and make a kick save and stuff like that. Like he's still got that older, like, cause he's 41 years old. He's, he's been around since uh, the early 2000s. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he, 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 you know, he's played a couple different styles of goaltender as the position has evolved over the years. Uh, he's definitely, you know, himself had to evolve and adapt. Uh, so the, the guy has been through a lot in this league. And again, I couldn't think of a better guy to help mentor uh, Ukupaka Lukanen than, um, than him, man. It's just, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, there was a stat here that was kind of wild in terms of Tage Thompson's season. I'm going to see if I can find it. It might have been from Dmitry Filipovic or blah, blah, blah. Uh, Last 13 games. Yep, Dmitry Filipovic. Last 13 games for Tage Thompson. 12 goals, 11 assists, 127 shot attempts, 78 shots on goal, 35 high danger chances. And then his next bullet point is, LOL, I love this dude. This one is via me, but still feel free to reference it in your work. Um, listen, like he is having a very MVP level season. Absolutely no denying it. He has been playing on another planet right now. And just, it's he's so fun to watch. Two years ago, man, he would be pulling those toe drags. But he, he his timing would be off. He'd be trying to do it through three players. He wouldn't be, while in the process of doing it, powering himself through the opponent with his body, lowering the shoulder. Um, you know, he wasn't playing with that confidence. And that confidence matters so much, even if you're a high-level, elite-level player. Like, if you're not playing with confidence, you're not going to be able to pull the things off that he does. And he's doing this on a nightly basis, man. A nightly basis. And I just want to bring up here, so if I can bring up these uh, highlights, and I'll share my screen with you all because it's uh, it's been something. It's been extremely fun to watch. Um, yeah, I'll just pull up Twitter here and see if I can uh, pull up the highlights here real quick uh, for the two goalies on Mike Handle because you know we uh, definitely, for the most part, um, tweeted on all the goals. So let's see here. Let's see. Uh, see if I can find it. All right. I apologize for the uh, for the uh, hang up here. Let me see. Okay, if I can find it. As you all sit here and wait for me. This is very unprofessional. I apologize. There we go. Okay, let's bring up the goals here from tonight's matchup. The 7-2 victory for the Buffalo Sabres over the Montreal Canadiens. If my Twitter account does want to agree with me here. Apparently not. That's annoying. Let's see if... uh, Let's see if um, I can just pull it up on Google. This is... uh, Come on. Come on. Where is it? For whatever reason, it doesn't want to agree with me right now. 
Uh, I'll keep trying to bring it up. And we're still waiting for Jonathan Cullen to report for duty here. I literally spoke to him right before we uh, hopped on here live and he got a phone call and I'm still waiting for him. He's probably pooping or something. Who knows? But um, checking the highlights uh, or the rest of the box score here uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, you know, only two goals tonight coming from uh, fan favorite around the league, uh, Cole, goal Caulfield. Uh, he had a goal, had a goal and five shots on goal. And the next goal was from Sean Monaghan, uh, four shots on goal. Uh, Jake Allen having a rough night back there. They, he, he was in for all seven, uh, 31 saves and 38 shots. And you want to know what, man, he was given zero help uh, on a lot of those opportunities. So, um, again, I'm not sure if this record has been updated yet or not. Um, they're either 8-11 or 9-11 with uh, tonight's win. So, not too sure if this has been updated or not. But, yeah, I just uh, – one of the things I noticed most with this win tonight is – Again, as I mentioned to start uh, start the the post game, is that they pressured the puck carrier very, very, very often. Um, you know, they they weren't allowing Montreal much time with the puck without having a face. You know, have somebody right in their face, making them make quick decisions and making them make the mistakes. That was definitely, without a doubt, the biggest difference. Uh, for me that I saw with tonight's game is this they weren't sitting back and allowing the play to come to them. They were themselves taking the play to Montreal. So uh, like that was the biggest difference for me. And just seeing the comment, you the, again, the penalty kill, the power play, everything was just clicking for them tonight. And again, just absolute breath of fresh air, right? It's just, you know, things that we haven't been seen, haven't seemingly had go our way over the last, uh, you know, eight games, everything just finally starts to click for them. And again, it's, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. And I can't say enough, like um, you play like that. I mean, you're not always going to score seven goals, but if you play a consistent hard nosed hockey game like that, and you're not always going to have like the highlight real plays and the, those, those plays you're making in transition, like the way Tage Thompson was today. Sometimes you're going to have to go to the net and bang home a rebound, just like the way JJ Paterka did, you know, the, you know, uh, Jack Quince on a puck on net Dylan cousins was banging home the rebound, trying to bang home the rebound. And then there's Jared JJ Paterka right on the doorstep. And Jake Allen didn't even know the puck was there underneath his pad, just taps it home for his fourth of the season. Uh, those are the kind of goals that this team has got to score uh, as often as they can. And again, as impressive as tonight was, I think again, between the tuck um, Thompson and uh, Skinner line, I think they combined for 12 points between the three of those guys tonight. Um, it's not always going to be like that. You can't always have it fall on their shoulders. We're going to need that secondary scoring. As fun as tonight was, you just need the more scoring to come from your, your bottom nine forwards. Uh, it can't always be those top three guys. Uh, and that's something that Buffalo has dealt with a lot uh, in the, in the, in the past, you know, dating back to Jack and the Reinhardt line when they had Skinner, how much of that scoring would come from them. Uh, just there's just a, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, stuff that um, they need to start, you know, not just working on, but uh, you know, just getting more more contribution from uh, the entire lineup and not just from those three, uh, without a doubt. So I'm sitting here trying to find these damn highlights, and 
nothing really is uh, cooperating. I, mean, I apologize, guys, because those of you that are watching with me live right now, I want to be able to share these freaking highlights with you. But uh, nothing seems to be going my way. It's pretty annoying. Um, but, you know, I'll pull up some more stuff here from the peanut gallery. So you guys want to give me a moment here. Um, let's see. Oh, wow. Lot, much, much, a lot more, more comments here from uh, Tom Clark. Thompson, only three goals and nine points away from McDavid. Crazy to say that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. I don't really think there's any debating right that. But right now, I think Tage Thompson is the best player in the league, the way he's been playing. Just this nonstop, just this fire pace he's been on. Um, his ability, the confidence he's playing with it. And when you, again, when you combine the conf, that confidence with the amount of skill set he has and his size, not many people, not many teams are going to be able to stop him. You know, and if we get this guy, keep this guy healthy, knock on wood, and, uh, you know, playing at this level all season, man, he's going to help lead the way to get this team to end that Sabres playoff drought uh, for more parameters. The only thing that is concerning are the, in the at the moment is the third pairing. We should have kept a player like Pissick for compliments, competency. Bryson is still not a great option, and even Yoki Haru is an enigma. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of Bryson. Uh, he's undersized for me. Um, I, I definitely agree. A guy like Mark Pissick, I think, still had some value to stick around. I mean, I know they loved him in the locker room last season, but I think judging from where Jacob Bryson's game is right now and, you know, you're trying to look ahead, I mean, I just don't see him as anything more, at least on this team, as a seventh defenseman who's going to be enforced to play a bigger role right now, and I'm not a fan of it. So uh, more from Mauricio. Anderson played well. Team responded well in front of him, 100%. And I know who this is. Skinner, five points tonight for Do Monkey 2022. Uh, for Demkani, is that is that your is that your your fantasy name, Dewey? I love it. Uh, Dewey Crocs, uh, host of Across the Aisle. Uh, they always make an appearance. Always good for a laugh here and there. So thanks, bud, for stopping by. Uh, I'm still going to try and pull this damn, these damn highlights up for you all. Cause this is infuriating. Uh, let's see if I can get this to load. Oh, here we go. Finally, 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 finally. We got some of these comments to load. Here we go. Um, video file. Actually, nope. Cancel that. Present, share screen. Sorry to narrate my actions here, but that's what we're doing right now. Twitter, share it up. All right, let's go right back to the beginning. The first goal of the night provided to you all by, I believe it was Jeff Skinner. Yeah, oh no, I'm sorry, it was Rasmus Dahlin. So, like, this is what I said, too, before, is you're getting a play like this out of Tage Thompson on a nightly basis. <laughs> it's just insane. Darlene trailing, Tuck just knowing he's there, the chemistry that those two especially have together as a, as a, as a forward to a defenseman. Great play there by Skinner. Just doesn't miss. He catches uh, Jake Allen moving uh, from right to left 
can't can't uh, he can't make the adjustment quick enough, and Donnelly's not missing there from there very often. Uh, next play after that, next goal to make it two nothing, which was literally two goals in under a minute there from Buffalo uh, to start the game off. Right here, the JJ Paterka goal right here. You send the puck to the net, man. Quinn sends the puck to that. Uh, Dylan Cousins is there, hammering away at the rebound, and then JJ Paterka right on the doorstep. That's how you're going to have to score goals on this team if you want to keep winning hockey games. Those are the types of goals you're going to need to score. It's not always going to be about skill and finesse and scoring in transition or scoring off the rush. It's goals like this, man. Like, you know, a goal is a goal. It doesn't matter. It's a point up on the board, right? And just it may not be the prettiest thing in the world, but it ended up in the back of the net. Gave you an early 2 nothing lead. And then Tage Thompson, again, wait, no, wait, nope, sorry, this is uh, the same goal. I apologize. Let's see here. Yep, this is the third goal right here. Jeff Skinner battles. I'll pull that right back again. Jeff Skinner battling the behind the net, comes out with the, come, the quarter, comes out with the puck. It's all about again. Those are the things that you're not always going to find on a chart. You know, if if Skinner doesn't battle in the corner there with Tuck, that goal never happens. It's all about winning battles. Just look at this. Just using Tuck having the know-how to fight, use those two Montreal defenders as a screen. Patient drags it, shoots it. Jake Allen doesn't even see it. <coughs> so again. Early 3-0 lead, that was less than three. They had the first three goals in under three minutes of the first period. Absolutely insane. And then you go. They made it 3-1. And then Tage Thompson finds Jeff Skinner. Again, making another one of these beautiful toe drag plays. Knowing where Skinner's, Skinner's trailing, just like he knew Darlene was trailing. Very similar goals. <clears throat> Tage using his size. And they show the replay here. Look at this. Right through the defender. You love to see it. Like Tuck right here. Great drag move. Finds Tage. Tage just knowing that Jeff is trailing, and boom. It's fantastic. They're just they're one of the top lines in the league right now. Uh, charity tournament, if anybody's interested. There you go. Uh, the Buffalo Strong Hockey Tournament. We're raffling off two jerseys. One, Erasmus Darlene Goathead. And the other, a reverse retro. $20 a ticket or 3 for 50 or the barrel of booze if you're 21 years age of older. Uh, $25 a ticket or four for 75 proceeds go to the families that were devastated by the, uh, tops Jefferson shooting last May, trying to raise some money for the, for the families before the holiday season, relieve some of that financial burden. If anybody is interested in getting in on that, please shoot me a DM and let me know at Dwayne S 39. Uh, we'll hook you up with some raffle tickets. Um, again, it's just, uh, it's just been Highlight reel after highlight reel from that line. Um, let's see here. Again, another goal, uh, a goal here. Jeff Skinner weaving through traffic, finds Tage. Tage doesn't miss from there, man. It's just 
you know, you give him that type of space and uh, that type of space and time to shoot a puck, he's probably scoring nine out of 10 times. And the time he doesn't score, it's either hitting the post or going, you uh, missing the net. So, you know, not, I don't really find think goalies are really all that often stopping that shot. So that being said, I'll stop sharing here because, uh, you know, those were the seven goals <clears throat> scored by Buffalo tonight. I think I might've missed, I think I missed that Yoki you one. But again, just uh, that play in particular, Alex Tuck was curling around the net, realizing that he didn't have a play at, for a shot on net there because Allen made the move over. He threw it out to the opposite side, uh, spotting, I'm assuming, knowing that Yoki Hari was there or just hoping that there was a Buffalo player there. And Yoki Hari was missed. The guy sullied real hard, was super excited to get that goal, especially how long he was out with an injury. And sometimes, you know, with his struggles, to try and get, you know, score a goal like that. It really does. I think it was bit, well, made it five to two for them. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Dem Kong, Dem Coney, whatever, Dewey. Uh, again, if all goes according to script, we will beat Toronto in January, nine nothing, and then beat the beat Boston in March to clinch playoff spot, AKA Buffalo Sabres WrestleMania. I know, right, bud? Uh, Buffalo talking proud Bills and Sabres. Cousins can't buy a goal, including Quinn concern. Uh, they played great tonight. I, you know, the goals will come. The plays will come. We'll see what happens. And we have none other than Kid Cully himself joining us. Uh, I'm assuming from his phone. Yeah. 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 Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you, bud. We're oh, that's right fucking, now. that glare is bad. How's that? You're fantastic, bud. Hey, it's great. First time on, Dwayne. Is this your first time? Is it your first or your second time? I think you might I think I maybe did one, but it was quick. Yeah, I believe so. I think you might be right. So now, folks, I'm gonna put ten bucks in in our fine jar because I told Dwayne I'd be ready, and then I got a call from a goalie dad, and Dwayne, let's just say it was fucking heated. It was heated. Well. Like, the coaches haven't sent me the schedule, so, like, I haven't worked with them in two weeks, and it's not my fault, yeah. you know? Um, I actually showed up to Riverside last week for a, one of their practices. Riverside's still close, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't think they would have told me that? Yeah, you think... You think that would definitely be information that they would share with you, yes. Well, let's let our goalie coach know that uh, the time we told him to be there, uh, we're not doing that. Yeah, I know, right? So, But, hey, getting back to the Sabres, awesome yeah. night. Yeah, but I just went through all the goals, showed the highlights. Uh, Tage Thompson, the Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuckline, combined wow. 12 points tonight. Dwayne, going back to the postgame show, they had 26 out of 51 shot attempts. Yep. Like, guys, do we all understand how abnormal that is? Tage Thompson alone had eight shots on goal tonight. Well, like, I want him shooting eight times 100%. because what, what are we paying him? Dude, I think we're paying him around $7 million. I, 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 what did we say when he signed that deal? Me and you I both said, said, I said when the cap goes up, that is going to be the biggest steal. A hundred percent. I compared it to Nathan McKinnon's previous contract. Yeah, great, great point. It, it, it is, man. And like there were a lot in of five years from now, he's going to be the most underpaid player in the league. 
there, there are gonna, there were a lot of people freaking out about that contract and saying they overpaid him for one year. Here's the thing, and I said this earlier, and I'll say it to you, is that the issue with Tage Thompson up until last season, it wasn't the skill because we always saw that the skill was there. It's just that you had a guy who was six foot seven playing like he was the size of Nathan Gerby. and first year as a center. Yep, the center center thing was huge too. But as soon as you had that guy realize how big he was and how much more of of an animal and how much more oversized he was. He's a physical specimen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Those guys are unicorns. You don't find guys with that skill set, with that size, very often. Dwayne, for the first time ever, do you feel like we at least – won or tied the O'Reilly trade? I think they've won that trade up until Buffalo can either have some postseason success or win a cup. Because it's hard okay, okay fair, fair, fair. What has Ryan O'Reilly declined? Pardon? Has Ryan O'Reilly declined since he won this Con Smythe? Uh he still he had, he had two good years after He's that. Good. Then, yeah, has he declined? Worst, Straight this, question. That is worse for sure. Thank you. And who put up 30 last year? Uh, Jeff Skinner put up 30. Tate no, no, no. Part of the trade. And what's he on pace for now? 40? He's on pace for over 50 right now. I think he has 13 now. Oh, yeah, so, like, like you like get said, my point? Like Do said, you look at that trade differently now, guys? Yeah, it's a lot easier to swallow now that you have the main piece of that. Because at first, the main piece of that trade was the first-round pick. Which because ended up being... Who was that? I can't remember who he drafted with the first round pick. Was it Samuelson? Because it was a late pick. Remember they won the cup? I know, I know Ryan Johnson was a part of that trade. Yes. He okay. He, he, he was the draft pick. Because sure we drafted him out of Minnesota. He was a freshman. He went there early. I think he was like 31st. Yep. Remember? Because that would have been the last pick in the first round for the Stanley Cup champion. Because that was Vegas' second year. Yep, yep. And I uh I, I And I, Ryan Johnson, even though he's been still at Minnesota, he might play himself into this lineup in a year or two. Well, I'm he, I, I haven't he, given he, up on him, have you? Well, I, I you gotta hope he signs. That's the thing. He's gotta sign. Yeah, yeah. He, he might pull the old he, uh, he might pull the old Jimmy VC on us, Dwayne. Exactly. You know, he he's a guy that might wanna go somewhere else and I hope that Kevin Adams is staying on top of that because that's a valuable trade piece if you have, if push comes to shove because he's had himself quite a nice college career. Uh, you know, a lot of Sabres fans are nervous about that. Guys like him and Eric Portillo who are in their final year of uh, college free agency, essentially. What are you doing? Can you see the old two goalies, one Mike logo? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do. It's gotten, it got, it's gotten battered. But you know what makes me feel better about Portillo potentially walking? Uh, Devin Levi, dude, he had a forty-five save shutout against BU. Buddy, I was so I was texting Devin. Uh, here's you, you get a good laugh. Hey, hey, not a big deal. So I texted, I, I texted, I texted Devin in between the first and second period because they were doing like no one didn't text him in between the oh tonight. Yeah, tonight. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant in between his fucking 45 save shutout. He's playing Boston University. Dwayne shoots him a message. His phone's going off in the locker room. I shot him a text in between periods because they were doing like a prospect report, uh, you know, on his, on his, so far. like 1.89, 
1.89 goals against so far. I think he's like seven and three or something like that. And uh, they, they cracked a joke about how uh, he's having a worse year than last year because his goals against was like a 1.5, but it was, it was meant, it was meant in all fun. It was meant in all fun. But uh, let me ask you one thing on that. His numbers last year were otherworldly. Him and Yanov Petrus from Quinnipiac. Yep, and I think the only reason he didn't win the Hobie Baker because he won the Mike Richter Award. Levi, won what, the Mike but Richter that's Award. what doesn't make sense, Dwayne. Before you finish that point, what's the Mike Richter Award? The the best the goaltender, best goaltender in college hockey. So how does Dryden McKay up for the Heisman and Levi is it? Hobie Baker, not the Heisman. Oh my God! Find me that. What's that? Another ten bucks? Yeah, it's ten bucks right there, bud. Hey, uh, Reese Hadley, uh, you're not getting any presents because Dad's fucking up on the interview. Fine, jars <laughs> growing and growing. But yeah, Dwayne, we, we like I don't quantify it in numbers because you know Northeastern lost like a little bit of their firepower, right? Yeah. And they're also playing in the best hockey conference. You can argue that the NCHC with Denver and and all those guys and Minnesota Duluth is good, but I still think Hockey East is the best conference. Do you agree? Um. Yeah, I agree. For him to put up anything below two is unbelievable. A hundred percent, I agree. Uh, so, you know, hey, Yana Pet- Petrus, did you know he plays in the ECAC? I wasn't aware of that, no. Because my brother played a Quinnipiac, right? Yep. So the ECAC is let me let's just list the teams. Hockey East is Northeastern, BC, BU, um, UNH, Maine, um, UMass Lowell, Providence. Like, do I need to keep going? No, you don't have to keep going. Now let's go to the ECAC. Quinnipiac. RPI, mm-hmm. um, St. Lawrence, um, who am I forgetting here? Clarkson. Yeah, it's going to say Clarkson, yep. Cole, no, Colgate's in the Ivy League. No, no, Colgate's in the ECAC. Corn- Cornell's Ivy League. Yeah, okay, yeah. So Colgate's in, and then um, there was a couple others I'm forgetting, um, but – like the, the hockey East is a big jump up from um, ECAC. Agreed. Correct. So I look at Levi's numbers in a vacuum. He's playing against because there's a lot of guys at BU and BC that are going to be one and dones this year. Yep. Who's that real good player on BU? Uh, what's his name? Keeper Bellows? No, 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 no. He's in the league, but he's a high pick. Yeah, 100% keeper bells is a very high pick. No, but the guy I'm talking about at BU that oh. got drafted either this year or this coming year, he's going to be a stud. Like, he's going to play. Yeah. My yeah, point yeah, is this. I'm not gonna lie you, when you look at Levi's numbers, Dwayne, yeah. for people that are what, – what did you say? What is it? 148? Uh, His goals against is a 1.89 right now. That's incredible. I know. So to get back to my story before we, we – Sorry, we, sorry. Go ahead. So I, I was texting him between the first and second. I shot him a picture of it, of the, the graphic they had up there for him, and I said, get your shit together, bud. Uh, it, it was, <laughs> last year. And it was, it was They cracked a joke. I was cracking a joke. And he goes, 
Uh, but I said, dot, 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 you're having an unreal, unreal. Uh, I said, you're having an unreal year, man. Keep it up. He goes, thanks, but he goes, thanks, man. I appreciate it. But just so you know, I don't look at my stats, so I will not be opening that, that picture. I, like, I thought that was funny. He's a, he doesn't, he doesn't pay attention to what you, you not love that answer. Love that answer. Because my response Wait, was my biggest problem. I I care too much about my stats. Yeah. I that was actually my response. I said, Bud is like, you're a horse of I said, you're a horse of a different color because I still check my men's league stats. <laughs> I think you froze. Did you freeze? Yeah, Collie froze. Until we get him back up and running here. Uh yeah, yeah, you know. Shoot the shit, uh, you know, in between Piers and Devin Levi had a great answer for us. Sean is uh, telling an inside joke. I said, get your shit together, bud. You're down from last year. Uh, and then I said, dot, dot, dot. Just kidding. Unreal year, man. Keep it up. Uh, my bad. Goes, Thanks. I appreciate it. But uh, I don't look at my own stats, just so you know, so I will not be opening that. And I said, that's hilarious. You're a horse of a different color because I still check my men's league stats. Uh, and Cully will tell you too. Most Guys, whenever there was a shot counter on the scoreboard, it fucked with me. Oh, now, yeah. I might not especially be the only goalie. Especially, especially if you're having a rough night, you're counting shots, hoping to get that, that number back up. Here's an example. Dwayne, let's just say we let in, in the first period, we let in a two-on-one, a breakaway, and a backdoor rebound, right? Yeah. So three goals, but we only get seven total shots. Yeah. That's a 600 save percentage and a nine nine goals against, right? Now, right. if we finish the game and we don't let in any other goals, we end up getting 33 shots, then it's a 900 save percentage and a 3.00. But, like, things can go the other way. So I would look at, just like you were talking about, if I knew I didn't have a lot of shots and letting goals, I would let that affect me. For oh, yeah. Devin, for yeah, Dion Levi right. to, to notice that, how mature of an answer is that, Dwayne? It's a fan. It's a great answer because it just shows that how focused and in the zone he is, right? Like you're just like you're not. You're worried. You're worried about the only stat you're worried about is W's and L's. That's all you care about as a goalie. And you know, giving your team a chance to win. Yeah, exactly. Hey, do you want to read this from Paramount? Paramount Pictures. Can I? Good line. They produce, however. Lot, uh, however, this is where we got into trouble back in 2018-2019. We had one line and nothing else. We need secondary scoring. 100%. Can I answer that, Dwayne? What about Yoki Haru's goal? That was beautiful. Tuck, uh, 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 Tuck realizing. What about Darlene's goal? Uh, from Paterno. Uh, Tage Thompson weaving through traffic. Finds Darlene trailing. I guess maybe that's not the right answer. Um, the first goal we scored, Darlene's goal. What about it? Who was on the ice with him? Uh, Tage's line. Tage, Tuck, and Skinner. Oh, that's why they were all plus five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But hey, Matias Samuelson tonight, first game back, and I've been making this point forever, 19 minutes and 35 seconds, fucking guy was a plus six, dude. Yep. Like, here was my biggest point. The last time we had a show, we had Samuelson was injured, Labushkin was injured, and who was the third defenseman that was injured? He was injured. So, like, my biggest thing during that losing streak was when we were playing well, 
we had that back end rolling with Darlene and Power like dominating their pairs, right? Yep. But once those injuries happened, Dwayne, that's when the losing streak started. Yep. And you know as well as I do, when you have defensemen, like you have three good pairs and things are rolling, like it, it becomes so much easier for us goalies, right? Yep. But when you take even one guy out, like a Samuelson, that affects power, that affects Darlene, oh, that it, affects it, it, everybody. Domino effect, bud. Here, here's, and then before you came out, I said this. The thing that scares me is one injury, and it's true, that was one injury, because you could have survived without Labushka, and you could have survived without Yoki Haru, but the Samuelson injury affected you so dramatically that it essentially changed the your, the entire character of your team. Like Labushkin's been invisible, man. Like he. Like well, hey, well, hey. Before that injury, remember that before when he made that big hit. Yeah. He was playing perfect for a five-six yeah, defenseman, exactly. right? So, better than better than what our five-six has been. Well, to your point, you said the Samuelson injury was the biggest one, right? Yeah, and it's just scary that. But that what happened? With Samuelson going down, if Yoki Haru is healthy, I don't think we lose all those games. I think we probably lose most of them, but maybe we win two out of the five, right? But yeah. when you have Samuelson down and Yoki Haru, now outside of Darlene and Power, do you remember our D pairs? Lawrence Pilot was playing 20 minutes a game. Yep. And we had, what's, what's the other guy's before, name? Before the Samuelson injury, I'm pretty sure he was playing with Labushkin on the second pairing. And that power was worth that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Samuelson was with Darlene and Power and Labushkin were on the second pairing. It was working. That's when Labushkin looked really good. But ever since he got hurt, I get your point. Who did we call up? Um, Jacob Bryson as a second, uh, as a seventh. Of, uh, actually, no, Bryson get my point when Bryson was in the lineup when Yoki are you and Samuelson were out and Pilot was in, yep. didn't it look like a completely different team? Yep, yep, they weren't playing physical windshield wiper sticks in front of the net, puck watch, not tying guys up, yeah. being soft in front. The I think that's the biggest puck, thing. No, the big thing was puck watching, big thing was puck watching. Well, and just soft plays through the middle, right? Bad gaps, not winning battles in the corner. And here's my one point. I'll kick it to you. Dwayne, you know how in the defensive zone, the goalie, the two defensemen in the center are responsible for everything below the dots? Correct. When you change the chemistry in, the, in your pairs – Okay. And and with the centers, how much does that affect your ability to 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 not fuck up in the D zone? Oh, it it, it, it changes it dramatically. It, it 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 you know when you when you don't have that chemistry and don't have that consistency, like everything that you built up to that point is just out the fucking window. So for all those that overreacted to the losing streak, I wanted to reserve comment until we got Samuelson back, till we got maybe a Labushkin back. But I, for me, it was more Samuelson and Yoki Haru. Because when you have those two guys in, along with Darlene and Power, you have legit six NHL defensemen. Correct. And every game that they've been in. Like, tonight was a good example. Dwayne, does tonight remind you of when they, they started off hot? Oh, for sure. 
Now, what are the two similarities? Can you hear me? Yeah. What What are the two similarities between when we started hot and tonight's game? Um, you just said it. We had a healthy back end. Oh yeah, yeah. The back the back end was clicking, and I I think you know as nice as Power and Dolly were able to play together this time. I think there's just a dynamic about yeah. yeah it's just too much. Hamilton, have, having that stand that stay at home physical guy on the back end. And you have a guy like it gave Darlene so much ability to to be the defenseman that we drafted at first overall, the puck carrying, weaving through traffic defenseman. Um, it went a long way to have those two together. It was just a fun pairing to watch because um, they complemented each other so well. Um, and when you didn't have that, you were forced into a situation where the losing streak was getting bigger and bigger, and you had to force yourself to have uh, um, – put power with Darlene to try and, you know, salvage some type of consistency on your front line. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it, it, it really affected your ability throughout the lineup. You know, it's, it and it's that trickle down effect when that I, I, I started to interrupt you before that was the point I was trying to make. And you know, as well as I do as a goalie, when you take two pieces out, and they're not even, it doesn't have to be your power, your Darlene. But when you take the, their partners out, now they're playing with different guys and they're not at their best. And Granado and Ellis asked way too much of them. Which, when you're playing, Darlene and Power play about 22 to 23 minutes a night, right? Yep. When those guys were hurt, they were playing 25, 26. Like, I know that doesn't seem like a lot to the listeners, but you know as well as I do, those extra four minutes and in and, and their minds and, and Power and Darlene's minds, knowing that they have to do more because they don't have their normal partners, like, that's a lot, and that'll take their game down. I, I, I lost you there for a second, bud. I, my point was when those guys went out, um, Yoki Haru and Samuelson, when you ask Darlene and Power now to to carry more of the weight, that's gonna affect their game negatively, agreed? Oh, absolutely. It's gonna definitely get it's gonna kill their game. So I, I guess that was my point. I didn't want to overreact. Obviously losing seven sucks. But I wanted to see how we looked when we got back healthy, and I thought we played great tonight. Now, Dwayne, you saw the game. I missed the first period. I'm watching it right now. It's two nothing, eight with a minute in. When did Jost fight? Jost fought. I believe it was between the. Oh, he's right now. It's going right now. Do you guys want to see it? I already I showed the highlights earlier. Oh yeah, there it is. There's the fight. It was it was it wasn't an exciting fight, but still, it's a good way for a kid like him. To oh make fuck yeah, dude! Your first shift as a Buffalo Saber, dude. He yeah, won that fight too. Get loose, get loose, get loose, get loose. Throw lefts. Yep. That's a good fight, man. That's yeah, a great fight. That's a great fight. I missed that. I'm sorry. I wanted to show that. Wayne, you're you're going into a locker room. You just got traded. You missed out. You were a first round pick of the Colorado Avalanche, right? You yep. got traded right before they won the Stanley Cup. You saw his comments about how he didn't watch the the, the Stanley Cup last year because he yep. felt like he he was missing out, right? Yeah, I mean that that's got it. That that would absolutely grind my gears if I was in his situation. 
the other thing, when he got interviewed after the trade, he mentioned in Minnesota, it felt like he was walking on eggshells along with the whole team. Do you know what he meant by that? Because I do. I, I'm sorry, I lost you again. It, when he got interviewed, when he got traded here, he said when he when he got when he went from Colorado to Minnesota, it felt like everybody in Minnesota was walking on eggshells. All the oh, players. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is that? What does that mean? Explain to our audience. That means for me, when you, as a player, when you're always walking on eggshells, you're just afraid to make mistakes. You're not playing. Rip the stick too tight. Exactly. Kind of like. Kind of like before, uh, you know, Jack Quinn finally got himself on the board. He was he was definitely gripping. Same his stick thing. Same thing. Peyton Krebs has been gripping his stick quite a bit. He didn't play tonight. Uh, he was the odd man out to get Jost in the lineup. And, but uh, I like that because what does Jost do in his first appearance? It, it creates internal competition. It gives you the uh, like, and oh, I think I just saw Tuck's goal. Sorry, I just saw Tuck's third goal. It, tell, it tells you a lot about a player. It does, you know. How when when a player faced with adversity because of that internal competition, does he thrive under the pressure? Does he thrive when faced oh. with adversity, or does oh. he cave? You know, it tells you a lot about hockey. I think Peyton Krebs is definitely the type of guy that will, uh, especially with how much the culture has shifted with this team. He's definitely a kid that will thrive and get himself back in this lineup. It's just you know who's the next guy that's going to come out and when will that opportunity come? Because, right, but oh. that healthy competition is awesome. Hey, really quick, um, the three nothing goal, which I think is a huge goal, because what's the most dangerous lead in hockey? Three goal lead or two goal lead? No, sorry. two. Two goal lead, yes. So you Tages or um, Tuck's goal happened at seventeen forty. The shift after Jost's fight. Do you think that's an accident? Um, uh, no. Jost comes in, first shift as a saber, does well in his fight. 30 seconds later, Tuck gets the puck at the top, right. shoots through a double screen, or up 3 nothing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I for me... Where you came on, not, not to that exact extent, but, you know, those, those, type of, those types of things, it's the game inside the game, the game within the game that, you know, well a, or a graph can't read, and... You know that stuff does go a long way. You know you, you, the nerds can make fun of it all they want, but that no. is a situation that does help the overall how, how the rest of that game might might you know transpire. Uh, to have a guy like that who's willing to go in and be passionate enough to go in there and drop the gloves and on a new team with a bunch of guys that he hasn't played with before. Like that, Dude, that, that's but crazy. how much respect does that earn you in the locker room, Dwayne? A lot, a lot, and you know, like you said, like we talked about, you know, he being traded away from Colorado right before they lose, they win a cup, things not working out in Minnesota. You know, like I said, walking on eggshells. You want to come in night one and make an impact, and if you're not going to do it in the score sheet, I mean, that's one hell of a great one. One great way to do it is you know do it by having himself a little bit of a tilly. So. Right after, right after we scored at the 17 minute mark, so we're three minutes into the game. It's three to one. Montreal just scored. Caulfield scored on that one tee. I don't love that goal from Craig Anderson, but let's just go back a second. If if Jost doesn't get into that fight and we don't score that tuck goal to make it three nothing, mm -hmm. now it's two to one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now it's a completely different game, and it goes back, Dwayne. It's three to one. The next goal happens a little bit later in the game, but instead of making it three to two, like when you're in a three-one game, it, that's the, the like we talked about. The most dangerous lead is two goals. The Sabers are up three to one. 
Correct. Instead of letting them get back in the game, we scored the next goal to make it 4-1. Do you remember? Yeah, and that's, again, like, I remember, what, like, watching, and they scored that third goal. It's like, oh, God, please no. Because you can totally see, especially with the, how the previous eight games went, you can totally see this team kind of, you know, caving a little bit and start getting on their heels, trying to just protect that two-goal lead. But instead, man, they took the, they took the play to them. I think the biggest difference between tonight, outside of having a healthy Samuelson back, is how aggressive they were uh, taking the play taking the play to Montreal. What about the penalty kill? Yeah, they, well, they didn't allow they even on the penalty kill they didn't allow six percent puck carrier a lot of time and space. Like, so, Dwayne, right after right after they just made a 3-1, to one, that's when Darlene flipped it out of play. Montreal's on the power play right now, a minute after they scored. Yep. And, you know, a good shift from Paterka there for checking, but yep. you're right. We're aggressive. We're not – we went 6-for-6 six six on the PK, but it's the little things, letting not letting them get into the zone. Did you notice in the seven-game losing streak with our penalty kill how we let teams we just walk heels. right in? So far, a minute into this, a minute into Montreal's power play, Dwayne, we have two shots on goal shorthanded. They have one shot. Yep. It's, you know, there was that one penalty kill where Tage, I think it was uh, later on in the game. Uh, you oh, big really save from Andy right, right there. Only three scoring chances alone by himself on their power play. Can we talk about his release right now? What's up? Can we talk about his release? Oh, Tage? It's insane. The other night, it that might be the best in the league right now. At 97 or 98 miles an hour. And you know he's shooting harder than that, too. Is he the hottest goal scorer in the league right now? I, I, I said it earlier. I said Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. But if you're going to ask me who the best player in the league has been over the last two to three weeks, it's Tate Thompson. And look what he did for a guy like Jeff Skinner tonight. Jeff Skinner yeah. had two goals and three assists. That that line contributed contributed for 12 points. Another big save from Anderson there, but a good clear, a good clear from power. If you're getting, if you're getting sixty points this season out of Jeff Skinner and another twenty-five plus goal season, like that makes that contract so much more stomachable, does it not? A hundred percent. And, and Dwayne, we're going to hear about that number, but when the cap goes up, I think Jeff is finally starting to find his groove. Because guess what? Is he back on the top line? And did his line with did his, did his line have twenty one out of the fifty six or twenty six out of the fifty one shot attempps tonight? Yep, and they Page Thompson had eight shot attempts. Jeff Skinner had five points. When you win, your best players have to be your best players. Were our best players our best players that were better than their best players? Agreed, hundred percent. Now. Going back to this, Anderson made two good saves on that penalty kill. We're 13 minutes into the first period. If they score Montreal on that that first power play, that's yeah. a 3-2 game, right? That changes the whole dynamic. It goes back to your point, and I missed part of the second. What stood out to you about not only just the penalty kill, but the team defense, when you mentioned how we were hungrier on pucks, we we, we played well in the neutral zone, so we limited the on-man rushes. What did we do well in your eyes? You have to see the whole game. I'm re-watching the first period now. Um, I liked what I saw. Anderson made the first save, but 
in our seven-game losing streak, how many times did our goalie make a save and then they scored on the rebound? Oh, it happened way, It happened at least once a game. So on that first penalty kill, did you notice how Anderson made the first save and then we cleared the puck out? Yep, because people aren't puck watching. Outside of that and the puck watching, what did our defense do well, especially in the, the, the 30 minutes that I missed that I'm watching right now? Uh, definitely the way they played their angles. Uh, what about this Paterka line? Pardon? You're right. I've, I've liked our neutral zone angling because that, hey, you know as well as I do, if it's a two-on-two or like a three-on-three -three with a back checker, if that back checker can help angle that guy with the puck, that makes our defenseman's job so much easier, right? 100%. In, in our losing streak, did it feel like we were kind of messy and slow in the neutral zone with that? Yeah, we were losing. We were losing all battles in the neutral zone. There was there wasn't even battles in the neutral zone. They were having. They were they they, they were entering our, our our side of the ice like at will. Couple clicks for Greg McComb here. His comment is shout out to the fans that never stop believing. Dwayne, one of Rick Jenneret's best calls. I think it was in the playoffs. Do you believe? That's do you remember what I'm talking about? How did it go? Uh, do you believe? Now do you believe this team is good? Scary good. Scary We're good. Yet. We're not there yet, but... But uh, no, Greg, a couple clicks for Greg there. That's a great comment. Oh, for sure. Um, there were a lot of guys that were shitting on this team. And Dwayne, like you mentioned, I think it had a lot to do with the injuries on the back end. Yeah. Because when we have those six guys healthy... That's when we were winning, right? Agreed. Tonight, did we have those six guys healthy? We did. Oh, my God. Tage Thompson is Jesus Christ right now. He's so good. Dude, talk about his 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 goal at the end. That one-timer. Mm -hmm. Is that? No. Allen broke his stick after Skinner's goal. So it would have been... Uh, Skinner, Skinner was mouthing off to him too. Did right you after. see that? You saw the camera. Oh, yeah. Skinner looked back and was giving it to Allen. Yep. I what do you think he said? What do you think he said? Because no it's not, It looked to me like he said, "Feel it, you fucking losers." <laughs> what do you think he said? Take a guess. Uh, something, something along that, something along the lines of that, you know, look at the scoreboard. What would you have? Oh yeah, hey, fucking day hey, dash five for you tonight, buddy. Right. Did you uh, know that that line was all like plus four, plus five? Yep. Now, the question we had about the secondary scoring. Listen, when you look at the teams that have won, like Chicago when they won, okay? Yep. L.A. when they won. Yep. Their Cups. Uh, Boston when they won. What's the one common thing they all had? Their top lines. So with 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 um, Chicago, it was Hosa, Kane, and Sod, or um, you know, like Toes, Sod. You know what I mean? And 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 um, in LA, it was Kopitar, Richards, Carter. Right? Um, last year for for Colorado, who was it? It was Landis Cog, um, McKinnon, and what was it? Ratnan. Yeah, Miko Ratton, yep. So, like, do you see my point? When your top line, going back to that that other comment, 
when your top line has 26 shot attempts and they combine for 12 points, are you going to lose in this league? Uh, no, you're not going to lose very often. Nope. Unless your goalie gives up eight goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you, looking you forward, have, Dwayne. You literally have to have ECHL level goals signing in the NHL to be able to lose. So, you're saying Cully and the pipes. Yeah, oh, yeah, wait. Hey, we got another one from Greg. Samuelson, Samuelson helped get everyone back in their rightful spots. But I want to talk about Tyson Jost. If it hasn't been talked about yet, that dude brought the grit and set the tone for the game. Dwayne, you talked about it earlier. You want to retouch that for Greg? Yeah, like, like yeah, we, we mentioned it earlier. Tyson, you know in a situation where I, I even brought it on, brought it up before you came on in a situation where maybe he wasn't going to be able to contribute much on the score sheet. He found there was an opportunity, the opportunity arose where he could, you know, prove something to his new teammates and prove something to the coach and prove something to the fans watching at home that, you know, he wants to be an impactful player and a consistent contributor to this lineup. He dropped the gloves and held his own. And it was, a, it was a decent fight and got, got the team fired up. You know, it was two. Did he win the fight? What's up? Did he win the fight? Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Now, when you come into a new locker room, especially a locker room where you got guys like Quinn and Krabs in in the in the in the in the in the like in the in the press box, I think that healthy competition is huge, right? Yeah. I agreed. With Yost coming in, people forget he was a fourth overall pick. Or se sorry, seventh, seventh overall. Yeah, I say it wasn't fourth. But he was a high top ten pick. Correct. Now I can understand why he didn't fit in in Colorado, right? They have a wealth of forwards. Yes or no? I'm sorry. What? Colorado? Do they have a ton of good forwards? Oh yeah, yeah. So is a Tyson Yost expendable? Oh, for sure. So he talked about his time in Minnesota being on eggshells, him coming out and fighting. Like, I, I know there's people that hate fighting, but like I've gotten traded three times, Dwayne. And although I couldn't fight as a goalie, I remember having guys get traded in. And even if they weren't fighters, if they fought for us that first, not only did he do it the first shift, but if they fought for us that first weekend, instantly, instant respect. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you go out there, you go out there, and you throw hands for the boys. Uh, yeah, you, you get. You but what does that do to the boys? What does that say to the rest of the locker room, Dwayne? That I, that you know, you can trust me to go like walk down an alley with you. Know what I mean? Like I got your back. And he's a guy you want to go to war with, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now, what have we been missing a little bit the past eight years? Uh, that exact thing. And you exactly. don't need a heavyweight. You don't. Listen, outside of Ryan Reeves and Delorier, there's not many heavyweights, right? Uh, like Keegan Holosire. Yeah, he's a fucking, he's a heavy too. But that's three guys in the league, right? Yep. It doesn't, you don't need a heavyweight. But if you have guys willing to stick up for each yeah. other, how much does that affect the locker room? Oh, it affects it, it, affects it immensely. It's, it, you know, it definitely helps their you know, shift. 
a shift in culture in the positive direction. But the well, thing is, you don't even have to color. You don't even have to go out there and fight. Just play with the match. Play right, with right. I just think it's great that he did it his first oh, shift yeah, in his yeah, favorite yeah. uniform. Like, I not, love that. I'm not discounting fighting. I, I there's a place for. I him. don't want Joe to fight ten times. Yeah. I just love that he did it to set the tone oh, to yeah. say that's, that's to Thompson, to say to Darlene, to say to this team, Donnie Granado. Hey guys. I'm going to fucking go to war for you. I'll fight. I'll hit. I'll block shots. Yep. I'll kill penalties. Now, is that enough to keep him in the lineup right now? Uh, I mean, they got, I would. they got their first win in nine games. Do you, you know, like for me, Bugner, Bob Bugner, my best coach, him and DJ Smith, if, if we were on a losing skid and then we won a game, we almost always kept that same lineup for the next game. And they should. You agree? 100%. They should. You go with what works. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, I wonder, you know, with it being 90s night, do they give Andy the start? I liked his game tonight. You saw the whole thing. There was a close call there with about eight minutes left. You remember that tip in front that hit his skate? Yeah. Um, you, you break down Andy's game for me. Right? You saw the whole thing. Uh, I didn't see I, him get I, much work in the uh, third. I think, I think – for the most part, I wouldn't say he had an easy night, but he saw a lot of the pucks. Didn't have to deal with much, much in the screen. Uh, there was there was some action in front of him where he had to make a couple big saves, but for the most part, routine saves, and which he made for them, which he made except for that one goal. I think that one beat him. Pretty yeah, I, I didn't like that one. I saw the yeah, highlight. I, but no, you know what? Yeah, you still played more than good enough for the boys to win. And, well, uh, Wayne, we're we're this is the Montreal second power play, five six minutes left in the first, right? Yep. He just made two big saves, and our penalty kill's been aggressive. Good play there on the wall from from who's eighteen? Is that Labushkin? Sixteen? Uh, no, forty-eight. Uh, forty-six is Labushkin. No, who's a single did? Who's in the like the tens? What defenseman is that? Uh, that's Yoki Haru. So Yoki Haru made a good play there. Yoki number ten. Yeah. Okay. Now we're on the penalty kill. Darlene and Power. Power wins his battle, turns and fires it down the ice. Like we go back to when they were bad. Was yeah. our penalty kill bad during that losing streak? Oh, it was terrible. Did we go six for six tonight? Yes, we did. Did we do well on our power play? Yeah, I think we scored twice in the power play. So in Windsor, we had a couple quotes. We said, you know, win, win every shift, be on the D side of the puck. Okay. Best players got to be our best players. Yep. Which they were. But most importantly, win the special teams. Right. If you go back to the Sabres losing streak, we lost the special teams every game. Agreed. So, I know we don't. I know we don't have a ton of time left. But any unsung heroes that you know, I I think Alex Tuck that passed to Yoki Haru. Did you see how excited Yoki Haru was? Oh, because it's a big monkey off his back, man. He knows he's been struggling, and then to get back from the injury, uh, he was struggling before the injury. And great then answer, great answer. Back, to get back from injury and get that goal, it was an important goal too because it put him back up by three, I believe. And uh, it was oh, a four two game. It was a huge goal. That yeah. was that made it and so so it was four to two, right? Yeah, and it made it five to two. Yeah, the same goals. idea we were just talking about if Montreal scores right here Correct. to make it three two. 
if they score that next goal, it's 4-3. And that's happened in the losing streak. We lost games like that, right? Yep. Tuck goes behind the net. Yoki Haru drops down back door. A great play from Tuck to get it over to him. But just yep. to see Yoki Haru's celebration, to get that monkey throwing it off his back. Can you see that? Yoki yep. Haru threw that bitch off his back. And, and and he's back in the lineup. How important is that for his confidence? And just what a good play from Tuck. Yep. It's, it's extremely important, especially for a guy like him who, again, to, to get him to get him going to, doesn't matter where he's playing in the bottom in the bottom two pairs, whether it's don't care. Huh? It doesn't matter as he gets, cause he's coming back from injury, right? He might not be able to play. 20 minutes yet, but we got a solid 18 minutes out of him tonight. Yes. 100%. Yep. Now Samuelson, how many games is this? Is this his first game back or second? His first game back. He played 23 minutes, bro. Yep. And so when people chirp his contract, Wayne, this is the shit I point to. This guy in his first game back was a plus fucking five in 23 minutes. Correct. Four block shots. I bet you if you look at his Corsi, it's fucking in the high 50s. Yep, I 100% agree. Corsi like, four. He was a plus six tonight. That's incredible. His first game back. Yep. You know how hard it is as a goalie coming back for your first game? Also also nice when you're playing on a, on a pairing with Darlene. But that's my point. Yep. I think that makes Darlene better. It makes them both better. But and then the trickle down effect. Who does power get to play with? Sammy. Uh no, power power plays with either Labushkin or Yoki Haru. I'm not sure who we play. I can't remember who we Okay, play fair with. enough. So it, it's it's Darlene and Sammy, right? Yep. That trickle down effect from Sam. Oh, they're showing the fight again. Real quick. Yost got in three rights. He's from St. Albert, Alberta. I got a friend, a couple friends there. He's yep. 5'11", 187. He's got 47 goals, uh, 65 points for 112 points. Yep. And he was claimed off waivers. He was originally Colorado's first round pick in 2016. He's wearing number 17 for us. Um, he was a highly touted player coming out of the British Columbia League, which if we can't forget, where did Cal McCarr get drafted out of? Uh, what the British Columbia Hockey League. Was it? Well, because he, he went from the BC to UMass. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Tyson Jost played in that same league. It, to me, the BCHL, the British Columbia Hockey League, is the second best Junior A, like non OHL league behind the USHL. Correct. Now, for Yost to come in, I think that's great. Um, to finish up, though, on that point, with Samuelson and Darlene, right? Samuel, How much did them. Samuelson with Darlene, power play with Yoki Haru and Bryce. How much does Samuelson and Darlene playing together make power and Yoki Haru better? Well, yeah, you're asking you, 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 in terms of lineup matching too. Uh, you don't have you. You're not forcing your two best defensemen to play together. You, you're dropping. Did that, did that bother you during the losing streak? How much we overused Power and Darlene? Oh yeah, it was nuts. They were playing like twenty. I thought they were going to get hurt. That's a night. 
Did you not worry about injury with when we were using them that much? Oh, yeah, I mean that's always going to come with your when you're playing them in almost every single position you could possibly play them, and, and they're not, they're playing almost every other shift. Now I'll I'll wind down with my questions, but if we truly want to climb our way back, do like injuries are going to happen, right? To our defense core, I don't like Bryson. I don't like. I don't. I shouldn't say that. I don't think Bryson Pilot. Who's the the last one? The call up. Uh, there was Cal Clay, Casey Fitzgerald, yes. and uh, Fitzgerald, Clay, Pilot, and um, the last one I just mentioned, um, Bryson. Bryson. Like they, they they are all serviceable five six, but when you have those guys playing, no, I don't like, even think I don't even think Fitzgerald and Pilot are a five. No, six. no, you're right, you're right, you're right. But like the, those guys are seven eight. But when you have those guys playing like on your third pair, that's fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. So is that something we need to address and bring in? Um, you know how we claim just off waivers. If another defenseman becomes available, or even a trade where we give up like a third or a fourth round pick to get somebody that is better than those four guys, that's better than Fitzgerald, that's better than Pilot, or just as good, if not better than Pilot or Bryson, should we upgrade so we have that extra guy in well, case let, let one me, of the top four talk. goes down? Uh, I've been saying it the past couple post games, the two things that needed to be addressed, in my opinion, that weren't really addressed. And I still think you need to address it on the forward side of things is I think you need a true number two center. You don't have one right now. I think Dylan Cousins, uh, is being asked to do a lot more than what he's ready for. I time think out, Dylan, time out. Who's he been playing with? Uh, Cousins has been playing with Paterka and Quinn. Now, if you were the coach, who would you put on that second line? Uh, well, you have to put Cousins on there right now. Uh, right. Who would you yeah. put with Cousins? What? I I I disagree with you. I think Cousins can be. We I saw in the world. Be, hey, do you I remember the world champion? Hold on. No, do you no, remember you the world championship last year? What I'm saying before you cut in and just start disagreeing with me. Right. I, 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 listen, I do think that Cousins will be that guy. I been comparing Cousins since uh, his rookie season. He, he reminds me a lot of Michael Pekka. I just don't think he's ready for that 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 to be that guy yet. I think that, I don't think his line mates are helping him. I, I I personally have been absolutely through the like, like through the roof when it comes to JJ Paterka and Jack. Agreed. He's been in and out of the lineup too too often. Uh, Who's the other guy? Who's the other guy? I mean, it's been a mixture maybe between Henestroza or Olafson. There's been a lot of Limex. Listen, I love I love I love Dylan Cousins. I just think. That I think that maybe Kevin Adams was a little snake bitten with maybe how the Eric Stahl thing went and how he never really wanted to be here to begin with. But I still think that you should have went out and tried to find a a, a good not a, not so much of a veteran guy, but a guy talented enough to be your second line spender, especially when you have all that cap space to work with and maybe well, be a guy for two years. Can I, I ask you something now? What's up? If you have Dylan Cousins as your second line center and you like Paterka, right? On the left side, yeah, I think who's been on that line with them, Anastroza. Uh, tonight it was tonight it was Paterka and Quinn. Like I said, did you like Quinn's game tonight? I didn't. I did. Oh yeah, for sure I did. So okay, I guess my I question to you yeah, then I is: that, I think that's a really nice line for them, but but that's a good third line, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly what I what I was saying in the beginning is. 
I think that less is more for all you're of right. them right now. No, you're right. You're right. So I, how I, do we I solve think, that? I think that you're asking them to do a lot. I think, you know, for a guy like Cousins, I'd like to see him more in a second power play, power play role, some penalty kill time, and then, you know, you're you, third line guy. Five time. I just think that this team would have benefited a lot from – uh, an Eric Stahl mode, like like move, but a guy that wants to play here, not a guy. So off the top of your head, anybody pop out to you? I'm not talking about their availability, but give me an example. Um, like a Malkin or like a Malkin would have cost you a lot, but you had. I know, I know, I know. That's I'm dreaming there, but no, like realistically, like a JT Miller type player. Uh, he's that's a good one. Center. He's your first line center, in Vancouver now. But Bo Hor is it. Is Bo Horvat a center or is Brock Besser? So they Bo Horvat plays both. It, they mix yeah, Horvat, yeah. JT Miller, and Pedersen around, yeah. right? One of those three are going to be a cap casualty. I don't think maybe it's going to take on JT Miller's contract, but I definitely think it's going to be Brock Besser or it's going to be Bo Horvat. So I would love to get JT Miller because playing against him, him and Tom Wilson were the two toughest guys playing against because they were so good in front of the net. Yeah. Um, so Dwayne, I guess my question to you is if we do go out and bring in a good second line center, which demotes cousins down to the third line center, where does that put middle stat and Quinn and Krebs and all them? Well, I think you still keep, if, if, if things are still clicking for, with, with between cousins, uh, cousins, Paterka, and Quinn, that's your third line right there. And so, I'm, tell me what's our second line in your perfect world after the trade deadline. World, um, if you if the players on this team are as you know, stay put. I think right then with that, you probably have. I mean, I listen. I like Henestrosa. I do. I think he's an energy guy. I think he brings a lot. But he's a fourth-line guy, yes or no? Is he a fourth-line guy? On other teams, yes. On our team, no. Where does he fit? Normally, uh, see, man, that's a tough thing when you slide that line. You see, see what I'm getting at? I yeah. think if we bring in somebody, we also have to ship somebody out. Yeah, well, you have Olofsson. Who always seems to be like the guy talked about around the trade deadline. I don't like his game. He's he's just all buddy. You're, you're moving around. You're, you're giving no, me I know. I had to pee. Sorry, dude. Yeah. I've been working all day. Yeah. I think that Olafson, ever since Eichel left, he struggled to find his role. Because hey, who you remember Skinner's goal off the power play and yeah. um, uh, Thompson's goal? Correct. Who was scoring the goal on that side in the power play in years past? Uh, on Thompson's side? No. Yeah, well, Olafson's side. Think about it. That was his side forever. Remember? Oh, who was scoring that back with Jack? Uh, it was Reinhardt. No, 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 no. It was Olafson, that one-timer spot on uh, the goalie's glove side. The other side was always Jack. Right, that and Darlene, Jack, and Olafson at the top. Do you remember? Yeah, but you're saying who was it when it wasn't Olafson is what you're asking. Yeah, tonight, who scored over there? Skinner scored the last one. Thompson scored the fifth one right from that spot, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, you're getting those goals from guys from, uh, you know, Thompson is playing in Jack's spot. That's where Tage is shooting from on the power play unit. Uh, on that first line unit, it's going to be Tuck. 
So that takes what Olafson scored more than half of his goals on the power play, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a power. So I think he's, he's the guy that's expendable. Yes. Is he the guy that we trade for our second line center? He could be. I think who, I also off the top of your head, who would be perfect outside of the Vancouver thing? Anything else come to your mind? You got to find teams that are up against it with the cap. I mean, you think about that. You think about teams like. You know, it's always Tampa's in that conversation. Um, uh, Florida is right up against it with the cap. Um, Toronto is always up against it, but you're, they're not going to make an individual. They're trade. not going to make a deal with us. What about uh, a um, what about a team that's underperforming? Like um, who's at the bottom of the of the Pacific? Sam are you playing really well right now? So, like, who's the like Anaheim? Does Anaheim have any centers that you like? Uh, I'm sure they do. Are so you on your computer? Favorite. I can't look it up because I'm on my phone and it takes me out. That's why I left the show earlier. I, I thought I could like minimize the screen and, and still be on, but yeah. Um, um, I mean, at center, at center in Anaheim, you guys have you guys have you have like Carrick, uh, Derek Grant. At wait, what about the Kings? Because they have. What about the Kings? The Kings, because they have Byfield, they have a bunch of young guys. I would love to see Ayafalo come home. He just signed an extension though with them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're gonna have cap space, Twain. And what is Olafson making right now? Five. Uh, Olafson's making either four or five, maybe four and a half. Yeah, dude, Ayafalo's deal isn't as big as you think it is. I think he's only making like four eight. I think that's an underpaid player at center. They got Anderson Dolan, another Anderson, uh, uh, Philip Deneau. Uh, oh, dude. Hey, Philip Deneau. Hey, hey, you remember Sorry. Montreal's cup run? Deneau? You remember Deneau on Montreal's cup run yeah, two years ago? He was huge for them. Do you think we could snag him? I mean, if, you know, again, you know, the stars have to align there and they have to be willing to do, make, do business. But when you uh, look at, when you look at LA's, like, they have so many young centers that I, haven't I, been I, able to yeah, crack. The thing is, I like Philip Dino. He's having a decent season with LA, 15 points in 21 games. He's a plus six. Um, I think that's the type of guy, though, that you would want as your second line center. I agree, and I think that's what I was trying to get out of you. I put you in a bad spot without giving you ahead of time, but I agree with you now Now that I've gotten that answer out of you. I just think who's going to be the guy on the way out? I think right now for me it's Olsen. It could be Casey Middlestat. Um, he's- I don't, who, who do you think? If you're a general manager, if you're out in L.A., who's more valuable, Middlestat? Who's been shit on and 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 been inconsistent, or and, a guy like Olafson? Uh, well, Olafson, he's gonna score goals, you know. But and his their their cap numbers match up better, right? Yeah, and I think well, here's the thing: I, uh, Casey isn't getting paid a lot. I think this past five games have probably been some of Casey's best, even though they've been losing. But yeah, uh, but where is he I, playing right now? He's on the fourth line, is he not? Uh, he's playing the third line. The things with that who? Drive, the things that drive me nuts about Casey Middlestat is how soft he is on the puck. He gets well, how about is how about you? You mentioned today what did we do really good in a neutral zone? Our forwards angled so yep. our D had help, right? Yep. Does it not bother you how lazy Middlestat gets in the neutral zone defensively? Yeah, yeah. He just you know he, um, 
he plays timid, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. He, you know, Dwayne, you said it best. He plays soft. Yeah, he's a soft. Player. I just don't think we'll get the hands. return back that we for Middlestat that we would get for Olafson. I think if there's one player that with this new group, you bring in Yost, you bring in Quinn, you bring in Krabs, all these guys. And remember, Matt Savoy coming in next year, right? Because I, I like. I think Yuri is going to try and make a um, try and make this roster next season. Who? Yuri Kulik. Oh, I love his game. Yeah. Oh my Yuri, god. Have you release. seen some of his highlights? Uh, where's yeah, he playing? Yuri Sweden. NHL release, man. I got to see him at development camp. The kids unreal. Oh my god. Remember, you called me after development, and you said, "Cully, this guy was the Sabers' best draft pick." I yeah, because I know we didn't get much of Savoy. I think he was hurt, but um, no. But dude, we got him in the second round. No. The last pick of the first. It was the 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 pick we got from Florida. Remember? Repeat that. He was our third pick in the draft. We got we, we started off with Savoy, Noah Oslin, and then Yuri Kulik. So looking back on it, people saw his his the way he played in camp and the way he started his season. And it, like I read an article, do it redoing the draft a month and a half, two months out, or like like a month into the season. Yeah, a bunch of people had Kulik in the top fifteen. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's part of the reason with COVID. Like COVID kind of changed a lot of stuff, man. It made it more difficult to scout. You didn't couldn't see as many guys as in person as you wanted to. Uh, and some guys fell on draft boards. So look at a guy like Tyson Kozak, who fell to the later rounds. Been performing Great before. example. Great example. Yeah. So, uh, just but just to wrap things up here, bud, because we're we're pushing two hours. Yeah. No. Hey, thank uh, you for letting me join. I'm sorry I was long winded. Uh, you're, you're, you're um, great talk, though, Dwayne. Thanks for having me on. Uh, but yeah, it's great to see them finally get that you know, you know get a win underneath their belt after eight straight losses. Uh, going into 90s night tomorrow, I hope we see Andy again because I highly doubt UPL had a pad set up ready for 90s night. Uh, with uh, what are you doing? Couple clicks for the boys. Oh yeah, a couple clicks. Well, you look like you're making the money. The Conor McGregor. I know my phone. It's all fucked up. Couple yeah. clicks for Andy yeah. is what I was saying. Andy, I hope we get him again tomorrow night. Strictly because it's 90s night. I think everybody wants to see. In unison, everybody. If we start UPL and he doesn't have a black and red set up, I'm I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, well, no, Andy does. Andy does. No, Andy does. Comrie does. UPL. I don't know. I doubt UPL does. That's my point. If we start UPL on the first black and red night, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. Yeah. So, I uh for and for non goalies, Dwayne, can you can you explain why that's important? Um. Well, A, UPL was – I'm not even sure if he was born the last time they wore – well, he was definitely born the last time they wore the goat head. I was six. He's never uh, seen them play in the goat head, though. Yeah, he's never seen them play in the goat head. But it's pretty cool story is that Andy has his son design all of his equipment. And Dude, his son, how cool is that article? Yeah, his son designed – Especially after what – what's his wife's name? What's up? What's what's Andy's wife's name? Uh, Nicole. She was the cancer survivor. After what she went through and how they that article when they talked about him designing the gear, how cool yep. is that? That's so cool, yeah. Keep going. But no, um, I definitely want to see. I'm excited to be there tomorrow night. Um, you know, 
uh, excited to bring back the Goathead jersey. You know, maybe I'll take it off the wall here and wear that and don that one. We'll see. But I, uh, you know, two years ago when that whole thing happened on the radio, like, you know, them screwing up that night was a big reason why that phone call happened. So not often you get a second chance at redemption. Uh, and let's hope they knock it out of the park uh, tomorrow night. Because All right. My closing uh, thoughts. You know uh, how you tricked me for bringing up the OHL memories? I don't do that as often. No, no, no. Time out, time out. You know how sometimes I get carried away? Yeah, yeah. I'm chirping you right there for bringing up your call. But, no, you're absolutely right. That was a huge part of it. And I think it woke up some people in the organization. So a couple clicks for you. Um, In finishing for me, thank you for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. Now that um, high school season starting, I'm going to be able to do a little bit more. I know me and you talked about that off the air, but we're going to have some more regular shows coming out. Thanks for bearing with me, folks. Dwayne, always a pleasure. Go Sabres, baby. Absolutely. Uh, again, this has been another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. Uh, hosted most, most of the time by me, but Johnny Cullen kind of uh, got a little carried away tonight. St. Mary's Hockey. Uh, repping right there. Um, but hey, I, and I just got the job coaching Frontiers varsity team. Yeah. Had a great time tonight, Cole. Uh, I love you, Dwayne. Great commentary. Great breakdown. Great show. Great. Thank you. Get ready for 90s night tomorrow. Uh, going to be a great time. Um, do, do you want to try to do something when you get home? What's up? Do you want to try to do something when you get home? Tomorrow night? Yeah. We can try and make that happen. Because I put the kids to bed by 10. You'll be home after that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it tomorrow if you want. All right. Let's plan on that. Let's all plan right. on that. I had, a, I had a bunch of fun tonight. And hey, to all the listeners, apologies. I went through about a three-week sickness, I and I had to make up a ton of stuff. My apologies that I haven't been as consistent. Dwayne could have kicked me off the show. He's done a great job at keeping this thing afloat. And I want you to know I truly appreciate that, Dwayne, uh, not giving up on me and giving me a chance to get back in here. So much love, brother. Um, I loved your analysis tonight. Thought you were bang on. Uh, real quick, uh, your first, your 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 three stars for tonight, and then we'll end it. Uh, I don't know how you don't give Jeff Skinner the first star, second star. Five points. I'm, I I think I'm going right up and down the lineup. Uh, that first line, I think I'm going. Uh, Did you watch the post game show? Are you copying Marty? No, I don't even watch. I don't watch those. those no, games. but hey, you're right. How do you turn down a line that? Contributed 12 points. They, they gave you 12, 12 points tonight between the three of them. So I think you go right down that line. Skinner, Tuck, uh, third star. Or Skinner, uh, Skinner, Tage, and Tuck, uh, one, two, three. All right. Can I give you mine? Let's hear it. I got Skinner, number one. I got Thompson, number two. And I got Tyson Jost, number three. Strictly for getting the boys going. Yep. But there's a lot of honorable mentions. Um, uh, Dwayne, before our show tomorrow, let's both think about, let's take a look at possible. I like your idea. I think that if we took some of the pressure off Cousins and moved him down a line and brought in a legit two two center, I think that might get us over the hump. Let's both take a look at Cat Friendly tomorrow and see what could possibly make it work. As well as a true uh, second pairing guy for Owen Power, for sure. I love it. All right. Hey, good night. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, bud. I appreciate you hopping on. 
everybody, this is I'll Hang Up and Listen. Um, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on Journey Room Boulevard. Uh, for all your Sabres game night, Bills game day needs, get over to uh, Outlet Liquor. Uh, what's your outlet? And as always, let's go Sabres. Hey, go ahead, night, Dwayne. On a scale of one to like twelve to six to midnight, where are you at with the goat head jerseys? Uh, midnight, hundred percent. There we go, baby. Good night, Sabres fans. Love you, Dwayne. Sabres. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.